Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. I love listening to y'all mess. <laughs> Dead ass. And we asked y'all to write details to support your story, but goddamn. <laughs> y'all got triple in here really invested reading novels, okay? <laughs> novels, but we love it. Keep it coming. Dead ass, y'all. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. If I could mail my heart right to you, I would. Hey. I'd pack it up, seal it tight, and I'd send it overnight. Hey, that's my sub. Shout out to Jeanne. Where they at now? Where the girls at? Jeanne. Y'all were a vibe back in the day. You still a vibe. You're on my playlist, like on rotation still. Oh, man. So let's take a break because, you know, breaks are very necessary. So stick around. We'll be back. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well... HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? 
If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Oh, we're ready. We're back. You ready? What's with the face? Ready? Did you start looking at the firstness of the letter? Is no, making your face, face look like that? Matt. Matt got me all up on the dang carpet. <laughs> Keep moving me around. Matthew. <laughs> this chair keeps shifting too. Cute. Right, I'm on the edge of my seat. Are you? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to dive right in and read this first one. Hi, I'm a listener from Brooklyn. Yeah. We're at Brooklyn. We've been following your journey since the beginning, and I'm a huge fan. I love Thank you guys, you so and this much. podcast is amazing. You're truly inspiration and an inspiration for the culture. Appreciate you. My husband and I, like you guys, have been together since we were 19 years old. We have three girls and have been married 18 years, together 23. Oh. Go. Y'all go, guys. Very similar. We just don't know about that girl life. Um, he tends to go out with coworkers. I'm not bothered by him going out. I trust him, but he has a tendency to come home really late. I've been trying to tell him that 5 a.m. is... Ooh. 5 a.m. is not a respectable time for a husband to be coming home, sir. When I go out, I never stay out that late. Am I wrong for wanting him to come home earlier? Deval, in your opinion, well, what is a respectable... Ask my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get me to talk about boy, man. Listen, okay. Deval, in your opinion, what's a respectable time to come home when you're married? If you're out at 3 a.m., I'm no, bugging 3 p.m. Am I bugging if I feel like coming home is at 5 a.m. is ridiculous? Oh, so he's been out since 3 p.m. till 5 a.m. I think he's a teacher. 
I think he's a teacher because for him to be out at 3 p.m., he has to work and teach. He doesn't work in like Right, finance. or he can work at 7 to, seven to 3, depending on the shift. He could be three, like true, a nurse, true, true, you know. True, true. Um, he feels like he should be able to come in at whatever time he wants as long as he's not cheating on me. There shouldn't be a time limit on when he comes in. If he comes in at 9 a.m. the next day, I should be fine with it. He's crazy, question mark. Or am I... Because that's unacceptable. This is an ongoing issue and I don't know how to get through to him that it bothers me. It just feels like he doesn't give a damn. Am I wrong? I don't have trust issues. It just bothers me. And I'm one of those wives that doesn't breathe until he's home. I can't sleep. I can't think straight. I'm paranoid, scared, anxious, just a mess. I get that part. I hate it. I just don't know how to get through to him. Any advice? I completely get that. It's funny that she put that in in the very end of it. I said, because Mm -hmm. for Deval and I, whenever you're out, or whenever I'm out, I think it's like a reciprocal thing that mm-hmm. you just can't sleep. Like you're yeah. just yeah. concerned about the well-being and safety yeah. of your spouse. Yeah. So that's a very, very valid thing. Um, Deval and I, over the years, never put any restraints or time nah. limits on us being out without mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Whether it's out with friends or work or whatever. Um, however... A consistent 5 a.m.? What do you think about we that? We don't know if it's a consistent 5 a.m. We don't know how often he goes out. This is this is the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to be 100% honest. Oh, she just said he tends to go out with coworkers. Right. And she's not bothered by it. Right. So if my boys come into town and we go out, right, and we go mm-hmm. to a club, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that they may go until the club closed at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I come home at 4 o'clock. I've come home at 4 o'clock before. Absolutely. You haven't had no issues with it. No. So, and my thing is, we never tailor make our relationship to anybody else. So, I don't think they should tailor make their relationship to anybody else neither. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest thing. If you don't trust, if you trust him and he's being honest and he's like, yo, babe, I'm just out having a good time. I'm not cheating on you. Mm-hmm. That's that's the all he can give you mm-hmm. is his word. Mm-hmm. You can't put a timeline on when somebody's supposed to come home. Like, we're adults. Like, you can't do that. But is there also, too, like a protocol in place, like a touch base, right? So, is he gone from 3 p.m. until 5 a.m. and do you hear from him? You know what I'm saying? And not even just a, a check-in to be like, where are you at? Let me see your surroundings. Because she said she doesn't have trust issues. Mm-hmm. It's just more so a touch base to say, hey, babe, I'm all right. Still out. I'll be home at XYZ time. Well, that's what they have to create with themselves. They mm-hmm. have to find a way to make it good for both of them. Right. Like, he can't just not be out with his friends just because his wife don't want him to go out. But also, he can't just stay out all times of the night and leave his wife home wondering. Mm-hmm. They have to converse and create something that works for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who tells them what's a convenient time. It doesn't matter whose opinion it is about what's a convenient time. Right. If he doesn't agree to that time and she doesn't agree to him being out, they have to work on that. That's you understand what I'm saying? No, Asking sure. someone else's opinion it. about what time he should come home, mm-hmm. it has to be up to them. Right. And, and here's the thing. We don't know what career he's in. If he goes out once a week and, the, and he say he works long hours, the only time he gets to go out is once a week with his coworkers and they stay out till 5 a.m., there may be a reason why. Mm-hmm. They may be stressed and want to blow off some steam. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a thing where they don't get out often. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have enough context. I will say this. As a husband mm-hmm. and someone who cares about what, how my wife feels, I will always make you feel comfortable even when I'm out. Mm-hmm. If I'm going from a place That's to another true. place, I do a hit you like, yo, babe, I'm about to head over here. Mm-hmm. I'll hit you when I get there. When I get there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Just to so you know and you're aware. Mm-hmm. I will also say this. You leave sometimes and you'll be gone for hours and don't text me because you don't think it's that big of a deal. Right. It could be a thing where he doesn't think it's that big of a deal mm-hmm. because he knows he's not doing anything. And he's right. like, yo, I'm about to be home. Yeah. You know? That's so, true because I have been in that position where I'm just like, well, I'm just here at 
you know, Sophia's house and we're right. chilling. We're not doing nothing. We're just here chilling. And, and I'm like, you're supposed to text me when you get there. Right. And I'm worried. And you, you get just carried like, away with the moment and you're just like, oh shit, I yeah. didn't even realize all this time passed. But yeah, um, sis, I think you need to continue to have the conversation with him and, and yes. continue to reiterate that it isn't a trust thing. It's more of a safety thing or it's more of a respect factor. Like, hey, like, we're going to be living in this house together. I can't put the alarm right. on. You know, God forbid somebody right. roll up in here at a certain time. Right. You know, I got my gun at my bedside. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I, I feel it could be a, so many different um, reasons as to why. But um, never, never not have the conversation. Yeah, the, the conversation is the biggest thing. Yeah. And one thing I will tell you is don't ask other people what time he should come home. Right. Because now... True. He gonna be like, I'm not listening to them motherfuckers. I'm not because me, <laughs> Deval, I'm not listening to nobody. If my wife ever told too. me, well, somebody else said right. that you should a uh, good time is twelve o'clock, I'd be like, good, well, go marry that person. <laughs> exactly. Y'all two figure it out. That's the biggest thing is y'all continuously exactly talk about it, it though. Mm-hmm, for yes. sure. All right. Thanks for writing in and on to the next. Reading. Number two. Number two. Hey, Kadeen and Deval. Hey. First, I want to say I love y'all. Love Thank you, you so much. Kadeen, I love you. I love how you carry yourself as a woman, wife, and mother. Deval, I love your personality and your class yet freaky oh, self. Thank <laughs> you. I'm a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Deval, thank you for showing men that it is okay to be emotional and to share your feelings with your significant other and allowing men to see, especially our black men, how to be a leader without being controlling. Well, I appreciate that. The thing, uh, I thank the Lord for platforms such as this because as a 29-year-old woman, the topics you guys discussed were not talked about in the household. They were in ours either, mm-hmm. so we're on the same page. Thank you. So I need some advice from Kadeen and Deval. We're going to try our best. So my boyfriend and I have been together for a year. I love our relationship. He treats me so well. We are truly best friends and love is easy. The best relationship I have ever been in. Our sex life has gotten better since we met. Just over time, learning about each other and communicating likes and dislikes. I get that. My dilemma is this, is that when it is time for me to do that special thing, which I love to do, (laughs) he wants to release and that scares me. What? What? I've only done it a few times in my life. And I did not like it. Not to be too explicit, but he wants me to swallow it or spit oh. it out. <laughs> but I truly hate the taste <laughs> of it <laughs> from previous experience. I said, where are we going with this? My man is very clean. I knew when he said she, when she said he wants to release. My man is very clean, works out and eats well, which I heard is a benefit for him and me when it comes to that, which is true. What do you recommend for me to do to help release my nerves <laughs> and please him in that way? His birthday is coming up, and I would love to give him a treat. But look at you trying to think of the special gifts. You know, the gifts that keep on giving. Well, this is the first thing. Mm-hmm. If that's the gift you're giving me only on my birthday, we got bigger problems. Because <laughs> it's fucking Wednesday today, man. It's not my birthday. And I might want to release. But right? for her, seeing as though this I'm is joking. something that's... I'm joking, I'm joking. This been a little funny. complicated for her. Um, I don't know, girl. Like, I guess <laughs> everybody likes their own person's flavor, I guess. <laughs> well, she said she ain't like the other person's flavor. She tried, so. Somebody else that she yeah, tried, Yeah, so though. she's like, she's scared. Right. So you can't bring that into this relationship, sis. You can't. Um, listen, I'm going to do what my man wants me to do, with the exception of one thing. Deval knows that's my red light. Yeah, I know. I got a red light situation. you like, nah, son. <laughs> it's a red light situation. Mm-mm. So she's, she sounds like she's on the yellow. You know, she's about to, like, make it to the green. Um, <laughs> I think she just needs to go for it. 
go for it. Like wherever it lands, it lands. And you may aim for certain places and it doesn't quite make it there. But it's it's in the theatrics of it for me, okay? You can't tell me I'm not a whole porn star when these moments happen. (laughs) And I embrace that and I, I embrace that and I live with it and I enjoy it. And I think for me too, it's sometimes seeing your reaction, right? It's not even always about me and in me being in my moment. Like this is my Oscar moment. It's more so. You are a performer your, though. I am. You are a performer. I, by nature, I am a performer. So I like the theatrics for myself because I can tell when I'm putting on a show. But it's more so looking about, it's more so looking to him for his reaction and, and how he's feeling in that moment. Let me explain something to you guys about my wife without being too explicit. <laughs> The first time Kadeem did this, yeah. I was afraid. Yeah. I was like, she was chewing gum. I was like, hey, hey, <laughs> it, there's not supposed to be touching your teeth that much. All right? You got to stop. Listen, you I had stop. no experience in the field. No, you didn't. And you also didn't have the uh, elasticity in your jaw needed <laughs> to <laughs> do what needed to get done. Listen, my mouth skimming, got bigger over the years. <laughs> yeah, the skimming was just killing me. You've you definitely gotten way better. Uh-huh. But um, this is what I will say to couples mm-hmm. about pleasing your partner. Because mm-hmm. I don't think this is just a women issue when it comes to that. Because mm-hmm. I get a lot of men, too, just be like, oh, man, I just don't, I don't like eat pussy. Like, I just don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, listen, if you are requiring that the person that is with you be monogamous to you, mm-hmm. you are going to have to be comfortable doing and trying things that they like to do. Yeah. It is unfair you for you try. to be like... You can only be with me and you only going to be with me. You can't be with no one else. And I'm not doing that. Because the last person that did it yeah. did X, Y, Z. I'm not the last person. Right. That's just not fair. No. It's not fair. Um, and, and and truth be told, you might enjoy it. When you love somebody and you love being of service and pleasing someone, you learn to enjoy things. Or not learn to. You realize you enjoy things that you didn't enjoy with other That's people. True. Because there are certain things about people that turn you off. That stuff that you even like to do, mm-hmm. you wouldn't like to do. For example, I tell this to some of, I'm not even, there's some women who are attractive, that right. are attractive, who I think are super attractive, who the minute they start talking, I do not want to fuck no more. <laughs> Seriously. What turns you off? The attitude, the, the, it could be a, the conversation? It, it, could be, it could be a conversation. Mm-hmm. It could, it could be so many things that a person, something about the person's aura just turns you off mm. where that primal sexual being in you is just not into it with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It don't matter mm-hmm. what they look like. Right. It could just be a chemistry thing. Right. But all. when you love somebody, it's like, I will do anything with this person. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, the reason yeah. why I'm saying you're that willing, is- You're more willing to try. If you love him like that and you want to please him, just try it. But don't go in there thinking about what the other person's tasted like. <laughs> That's not going to help. Right. His could taste like Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> and then you be in there every day trying to get what's hot, fresh, hot off the line. You know? Know what I'm saying? The light, the light be on. You know the hot now sign is on. You know what I'm saying? So that's a fact, and that's the truth. Like mm-hmm. there are certain things that I said I would never do, mm-hmm. and then I met you, and I found myself doing all the things because mm-hmm. the chemistry was there. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, right. and if you're really like a pleaser, which I think both of us are, neither of us are selfish lovers. No, nah, neither one of us. Selfish so both lovers. of us be in the moment, working to perform. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and I think that's that's yes. that's the thing that helps and the thing that saves us is because it's not really about what I want sometimes in those moments. Talk about it's about it. what is going to get him to where he's going or yes. trying to get to. Yes. If that makes sense. And it goes both ways. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a performer and I'm a pleaser. Mm-hmm. I love performing. When I know Kay is getting there, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's about her. It's the great, I'll do whatever. It's like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And that's also what I'll enjoy about being monogamous because I don't have to have those concerns about, I hope she's not doing this. I hope I don't catch nothing. Like the greatest thing about being monogamous mm-hmm. is that I can go through all of my fantasies with this person yes. and we can try stuff. Mm-hmm. And feel safe, you know. So, and she said her man is very clean, works out, eats well. That's so like there you go, like, enjoy it. There's no turn offs, like you know. I'll be all in Deval's armpits, like she, yeah, she be all, in, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and I be all in her throat. <laughs> throat coat, <laughs> no throat coat. But and, and y'all know, Kadeen is just she's open about that. But um, in full transparency, since we're being a little nasty, I'm not gonna just leave it on you. In my life, I thought I would never, ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Thought that I would be a coochie eater. <laughs> Growing up in Brooklyn, around well, all yeah. my West Indian friends, you know what I'm saying? You know, Biden, my neighbor, see that. That's all you, that's all you ever hear. <laughs> now, one of my favorite things is to have Kadeen sit on my face. Just being honest. Just... Yes, I went from you saying, like what you like. Bad my no pussy <laughs> to babe, you trying to have a seat up here. You're trying to have a seat. And the thing I love the, the most throne, if I love is when I'm standing up and she's sitting up there and I'm just holding her up there while she's and then she's about to get to her point and her feet can't touch the floor because I'm standing up. <laughs> and she's just it's like she's floating on a cloud. It is the greatest thing, gentlemen. It is the great hope you lift lift Giving weights. Clouds. Listen. Deadlift and squat. Practice at least deadlifting and squatting. Don't miss a leg day. Yes, your girls wait before you do this. (laughs) Because what will happen is when she gets to that point and she starts to squeeze, right? And the oxygen starts to leave your head. (laughs) right? If you don't have the balance. (laughs) And your whole equilibrium is off. Right, right, right. When the balance leaves, you you, it's a down Frasier. Down goes Frasier moment. So make sure that's why I live. That's why I squat. That's why I deadlift. That's why I lunge. You know, that's why I do hang clean press to make sure I can hold up. And K ain't light now. K's a smooth 160 now. Mm-hmm. I just smooth 160. And I didn't have her up there as high as 180. That's why I be in these weights. I be in these streets. All right? <laughs> I like it. I like when she up there. So please each other. Guys, that ass podcast, please each other. Yes. Have fun doing it. And have be fun. safe. Yeah, be safe. be safe that too. And on Love that, we're going to take a break. On this break, we ain't going to go do no pleasing, are we? <laughs> I we, mean. We might. Listen, stranger things have happened. All right, (laughs) y'all. Put it that way. We'll be back. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. But you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. All right, we back. All right, number three. Let's go. Is it on you? My fiance. I think it's on me. It's on you. Go ahead. This is the last one. Yes. My fiance and I decided to elope in Hawaii, October 2023. Oh, so that's coming up. We have an infant. It does. We have an infant, so that makes it more. It makes more sense financially to spend more money on a down payment for a home instead of dropping thirty to forty k on a wedding. I love. I love it. I love it. I love it. Not giving Kadeen at twenty (laughs) seven. We are very happy about our decision and excited about our elopement as well as exploring the islands, hiking, sightseeing, all that. The problem is our families keep asking about our wedding and sound so disappointed when we say we're eloping. I'm really tired of the comments like, "Oh." Well, do what's best for y'all or you denying us a wedding. <laughs> oh, and I already I also, have an answer for this. Go ahead. Oh, and I also get questions and comments about not having a bridal shower. I'm just not interested in planning or paying for any additional events. My question is, how do I respond to these people without being rude or sounding like I'm justifying our decision? Girl, if they want to throw you a bridal shower, they can technically you. throw you a bridal Thank shower. You. you don't have to have no... Te- the bridal shower technically has nothing to do with the bride. At it's all. the women rallying yes. around her to throw something to celebrate her. That's not stopping them from doing it. And if they really do care Mm-mm. about you guys yeah, and your union, ultimately, not about the party, not about the day, not about the facades, not about the Instagrammable moments, 
they will decide to get together and have a little something in your honor. They can also, don't share my camera, get away. <laughs> you go in, go in, do, go in, baby, go what in. What they can also do is if you elope and they really are down for y'all, when you come back from Hawaii, they can decide to have a little get together to celebrate y'all's union on their dime. So they can have their quote unquote wedding moment. Don't let these people do it to y'all. You all right, baby? You all right? So Don't let these people do it. And this is Khadija <laughs> speaking as a 30-something-year-old woman, okay? At my big age, I finally figured it out. Don't make the mistakes that we've made in the past, y'all. If you do not desire a wedding, don't have a wedding because ultimately it's not about them anyway. And what they're going to do is get you involved in this whole wedding situation and then dump your ass after that when you got to figure out how to be an actual wife. Figure that out first. And then... Keep it pushing. Can I jump in? Can I just <laughs> sound like you was you all right? Somebody triggered you there. Just you no, know, you just, know what? Yeah. It's a couple of things. It's me having PTSD from our wedding. Okay, <laughs> it's having that, and it's just like it makes so much sense. Like these yes. people are speaking from a place of maturity that I had not seen at 27 years old. Had I known that, we would have had a much smaller wedding with way fewer people and we'd have been on our merry way. Things would have panned out differently. You know, I just wish somebody had told me that early on. And they might have, but I was stubborn in that moment and I'll accept that. You know, there, there are over 11,000 languages on the planet. And today you chose to speak facts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have nothing else to add. Listen, People will make comments. You mm-hmm. you denying us a wedding and all this other stuff. Always. But are not willing to contribute because people want things to do. They want reasons to get dressed they up. They want and look places nice. to go. They want the Instagrammable moments. When I Deval and I got engaged and we were entertaining the idea of a destination wedding, which no longer took place because our grandparents, who are the closest to mm-hmm. us for the most part, aside from our immediate parents and siblings, couldn't fly or couldn't travel. So we had to X the idea. But initially, when I mentioned it, we had a couple family members, aunts and stuff like, oh, I guess we'll see y'all when y'all get back. Oh, we'll see you after the wedding. I'm just like, nobody pissed. wanted to even entertain the idea of saying, oh, wow, a destination wedding sounds like a great idea. Oh, you know what? We may not be able to make it, but or give us enough time so we can plan for it because we really would like to be there. It was, oh, well, I guess I see y'all when y'all get back. I guess I will see you when you get back, sis. How about that? Because what ended up happening is we had the wedding in New York, had over 300 people there, and y'all couldn't even put a little something in the car that made it worth my while. So... There goes that. Deval, get out my camera. <laughs> get out my camera. So long story short, sis, do you <laughs> go to Hawaii, elope, and then see who the real people are that will celebrate y'all once y'all get back. Period. I got nothing to add. She said everything. Um, she just said my question is how Aggie. do I respond to these people without being rude or sound like I'm justifying? I understand that because you don't want to sound like you're justifying. This is all you have to say. We love Hawaii. We just want to do it with us. This is That's what we it. want to do. You and don't have to justify. This is just, nope. just we just love it. It's a romantic. This just is elope. our moment. This is what yeah. we dreamed of. And be like, hey, I'll, I don't have to be around with a bridal shower. If y'all really want me to have a bridal shower, go ahead and throw one for there me. Let go. me know the date and I'll be there. Yep. That's it. That's all you have to do That's is just it. be like, this is our dream. This is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to throw me something, throw me, but this is what right. we want to do. And y'all can plan y'all's wedding and I'll be there for that too. Maybe. And I'm going to go get Kay some water. <laughs> Because clearly she hot over there. Her, her head. If you if you're not listen if you're not watching if you listening her hat almost popped off her head a couple times. 
Nah, man. I'm just sick of people trying to please everybody else. Like I, I just, I don't do that anymore. That's thanks to you, though. You've, you've, yeah, yeah. You've made me that way because I grew up in a space of, oh my god, what will people think? What will yeah. people think? And now I'm like, I don't give a damn what nobody thinks. I really don't. Either you hear or you ain't. Makes me no never mind. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. You're right. I have nothing to say. You're right. Yeah. Hope that helps you. Do what y'all do. Mm-hmm. Love on each other in Hawaii. That's a fact. Yes. Number right, four. Number four. Okay, so here we go with the exclamation point. Now, that this, I can tell already this is a sonnet. This is long here. All right, let's see. Pause. <laughs> um, I have never shared this story with anyone. Ooh, it's okay, getting good. Exclusive. A year or so ago, I experienced one of the worst moments in my life. If someone would have told me this is where I would be or how my relationship would go, I would have never believed them. Aww. I have never talked about this with my family or friends. I'm nervous now. Mm-hmm. I'm a survivor of domestic abuse. Mm. Two days before I went under surgery to determine if I had endometrial cancer and why my ovaries were polycystic, my boyfriend of many years almost killed me. <laughs> what? I will never forget the gun to my head, the black eyes, the swollen knots on my head, and more. I couldn't believe how someone I trusted and was going to spend the rest of my life with could do this to me. Instead of fighting back, a feeling came over me and told me not to fight back because I didn't want the gun to go off. I would live to see another day. So when the next day came, I put on some makeup to cover up the bruises and scars and went home and never came back. Mm. Two days later, I had my family take me to the hospital and had the surgery. I put makeup on so that no one would notice in the hospital or at home what had transpired. I mean, I couldn't tell my brothers because Mm. that would have become a real problem. And I didn't want to face the shame I felt for having gone through that. It took me a long time to recover. Wow. This is hard to read. Mm-hmm. Because I was suffering from many things, not just the surgery itself or the knots and bruises, but from the mental and emotional toll it took on me. Healing from abruptly ending a relationship with him that was almost in a decade, almost a decade in. Oh, wow. I honestly believe that God had his hand on me. He definitely did. Mm-hmm. Because he saved my life. And not only that, he gave me peace. But now I am dating again and I'm trying to fight the nervousness that I am getting. I feel getting to know a new man when I haven't dated in a very long time. And the silent shame that I feel having to start over while I'm nearing 30. Do not be shamed for that, Mm -hmm. mama. Do not be shamed for that. My question for both of you is what kind of advice could you give moving forward? If this was someone you knew who was starting to date after such a traumatic experience, P.S., I've been watching you all on IG since the beginning, and I'm happy to see you all flourishing. Aww. What a change of pace. This is the first. I'm so sorry this happened to you, girl. Yeah. This is the first thing that comes to my mind. I think that she should see a a therapist, someone professional to find out why she felt shame Mm -hmm. so that she can deal with why she felt shame first. Mm -hmm. And to, to, because first of all, you could tell she's already strong Mm -hmm. because she had the strength enough to leave. I was going to say, for you to just get up and leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's amazing. So many abused people stay mm-hmm. in abusive relationships. The mm-hmm. fact that she had the mental fortitude to leave is already like, boom. Mm-hmm. But I do think she should see someone to to speak, to find out why she felt shame. Right. To help her unpack all right. of this. And after that, I think she should tell her parents and her brother. Mm-hmm. She should feel safe around the people she loves the most. Mm-hmm. She's probably so, just worried about the pre- repercussions because I know... Oh, yeah. Like, God forbid, that was your sister. Oh, yeah. There's nothing stopping me from killing You and somebody. your brother is going to... like. There's, it, there's nothing yeah. stopping me. There's right. nothing stopping me from right. 
from protecting the women in my family, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do a bit. I don't care. Like you, like something like that, I don't care. Right. And I know you said that you're nearing 30 and having to start over. I think the rhetoric that we've always been fed is that, you know, 30 is that downhill portion for everyone that's in life. That's what they say. Right. 20s are supposed to be the, the 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 point that's revered by so many. You want to stay in your 20s. That's why you joke about being, yeah, being 25, 25 forever. Um, life is not over at 30 or nearing 30. Life is barely begun, you know? I mean, if she's um, followed us, then she knows that our 30s from like the past eight to nine years mm-hmm. have been the best part of our life so far. For sure, for sure. And I know it's particularly difficult for women because she also mentioned having surgery for the... Yeah. Um, you know, the polycystic ovaries, things like that. So I know that that too is um, probably in the back of her mind. Like most women, it's like, I have this clock that ticks, right? This biological clock that's saying, okay, you need to have children yeah. by a certain point. And if that's what she desires and des- and, and clearly she desires to be in a relationship because she wants to start dating again. And, and that's going to be hard to get past that trust issue portion, we- but you can start over at 30 for sure. I just got to applaud her again for being so strong. Mm-hmm. One for leaving, but then to have the strength to say, I want to start dating again. Yeah. You know how many people go through something like this? Mm-hmm. They either don't leave or then when they leave, say, I'm not, I don't ever want to be with anybody again. Yeah. Like one thing I will say, this woman has a lot of strength, mm-hmm. a whole lot of strength. So I got to applaud you on that. And if you're listening, well, you are going to be listening. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sharing. Yeah. But also sharing so that if someone else is going through this, who's mm-hmm. listening to Deadass Podcast, understand that it takes a lot of strength to leave, mm-hmm. but it is possible to protect yourself and your well-being by leaving. So thank you for sharing your story and giving yeah. hope to people who are are dealing with domestic abuse or are survivors of domestic abuse that you're not alone. Right. I think you need to definitely heal because what you also don't want to do is take this into a yes. new relationship with yes. somebody else and having them pay the price for what's happened to you yes. in the past as well. So. And, and you shouldn't have to keep reliving this. Mm-mm. So you have to, yeah, I think you should speak to someone professionally to find a way to heal uh, wholly. Don't just, oh, I'm healed. I forgot about it. No. Heal, understand, don't blame yourself, no shame, mm-hmm. and also find the strength in the healing process to speak to your parents and your brothers about it right. so that you can feel protected. Yeah, so now feel when alone. You, yeah, not feel alone. You know, you're going through this next phase in life. Mm-hmm. If you know your brothers are going to be there to to at least be aware of what's happening, mm-hmm. you have other eyes on you. Yeah. You know, like yeah. at least you know someone's watching your back. That'll give you comfort so that if you're in a, a private place with someone, you can feel secure because, you know, my family knows what I've been through and they know how to support me. So yeah. Good that's luck what you, I would girl. say. Good luck to you, mama. Thanks for writing in. All right, number five. What's going on, Ellis? My name is Terry, and I'm your number one fan. All right, up, Terry? Terry. I've been rocking with you two from videos from Brooklyn with the two boys, now four whole princes. Get it, sis. <laughs> Development of fans since the Detroit days. Wow. I was actually pre-go, pre-go, with my oldest son, when you was on the team. Oh, that's dope. But now fast forward. I'm a big fan of winning and happiness. So happy for you too. I wish you well in all your endeavors. Just so happy. Side note, book on order, hard copy. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Just so happy for the two of you. Appreciate that, sis. This is feeling like an appreciation moment and not a listener letter question, but we appreciate y'all so much. My days sometimes start off wrong. So I either hear your podcast, watch a video or something that makes my day go all the way right. Deval, keep on protecting and providing for 
for your family. And if you ever wonder if you're doing anything right in life, let me tell you that you are. Kadeen, honey, <laughs> honey, let me uh, give you your flowers, sis. You are beautiful inside out. And I just love your relationship with your husband. Also showing that you can be sexy for your husband and nothing is wrong with that. I love you both. Oh, this was actually was just an appreciation. and a little appreciation. Oh, Aw, that was yeah. cute. Thank you for throwing that in there, Tribble, because yeah, there wasn't thanks, a question sis. there. But no, we honestly appreciate the love. And the fact that she said the book on order, the hard copy, that means that people really listen because yes. when we were approaching this whole book thing um, and then realizing like, wow, there's an opportunity to make the New York Times bestseller yes. list. There's so many different hoops and variables yeah. that are you yeah. have to jump through and, and that you have to take into consideration to make the New York Times bestseller list. So it's not just about people, you know, purchasing an audiobook and numbers. Mm -hmm. It's about a buzz around it. And I mean, our, our team... Our when I say our team, job. our we're supporters, about we're talking about y'all. We don't like calling y'all fans. Yes. Y'all are our team. Team, our team family. Ellis. Like we we love y'all for really just um always being in support of us. You know, every new venture for me at least, I know not Deval per se, but for me is like a moment where I get a little bit of anxiety because I'm just like, I don't know how this is gonna be received. Um, and the book being a medium that I know is something that can live on for like ever. They will never take they can never take that away they from us. They can't take that away from us. And for that, they can never take that from y'all. Like y'all are responsible for helping. Helping the Ellis's become New York Times bestsellers. This is a young Brooklyn couple mm -hmm. came from humble backgrounds. Yeah, um, Kay's family's from the islands. My family's from the south, mm -hmm. and we just building and doing it together with all of you. Yes. So as long as you continue to rock with us, we'll still keep rising because we're gonna still keep working. Now we appreciate that for sure. Because some days I'd be ready to clock out. I know, baby. I'd be tapped out, y'all. But this keeps us going. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you. And that was a good one right before we get down to number six. This was the, the last listener letter. And yes. as you can tell. Oh, this is a long one. This, is, this, this looks so like. that means that bro or sis came in with the deets. Yeah, they got the details. Let me get the and, deets. Shoot, this looks like a series right here. This, is, <laughs> this ain't even a novel. Y'all over here giving inspiration for films and whatnot, huh? Right. <laughs> You two are such an inspiration. Thank you so much. I love listening to your podcast and seeing your beautiful family on social media. This is pretty long, so please bear with me. It's a very difficult topic. There's so much to the story, but I'll do my best to paint a clear picture for you. I come from a very religious, traditional household. I am a half-white, half-Filipino woman dating a black man. We've been together for nine years now. I always knew my parents wouldn't approve of him. They told me as a young teen to never date black men. Mm. But you can be friends with them. They claim they're not racist, but have said a lot of racist things. They are more so what you could you would call covert or hidden racist. Mm. When they found out about my man a year later of oh a year after of a, a year later of us dating, they said he would not work in the family. Their reasons were because he comes from a broken family, is not Catholic, and does not make enough money. But mainly because he's black. Despite the terrible things they said about him, my man agreed to meet them. Better than me. Mm -hmm. And my entire family, when they eventually invited him over for Easter, my parents thought they'd give him a chance. They would invite him for every holiday get-together, and he would come to a gathering about once a year or so. Then after about five years of us dating, he decided to not go around them anymore, which I stand by him on that because my parents were still saying demeaning comments behind his back. At this point, what they are saying was not about race, but about him as a human being which will always have the racist undertone because they started out with racism. Mm. They didn't take our relationship seriously. My mom would make comments like, oh, maybe you'll meet a cute guy there, even though I've been in a relationship for five years at, at that point. 
My parents have the nerve to view him not coming around as disrespectful after years of him not coming around and my parents not admitting that they've said what they said was wrong. We are at a point where we're wondering what are we going to do in this relationship? Because honestly, I'm having a hard time cutting my parents off. He wants nothing to do with them ever. I don't blame him. Whether we get married, have kids, etc., which I totally understand. I know parents are a huge piece in our lives. So I always crave this connection with them. But if I'm standing on my own morals, I feel like they need to be at a far distance. Mm. I don't know how to set this boundary because I'm so used to big families coming together for every birthday, holiday, etc. And now to cut that off feels alien to me. What's crazy is if my parents were some random people to me, I'd cut them off in a heartbeat. But they're my parents. My parents have provided me with everything I've ever needed growing up. Mm. They've helped me. They've helped make life easier for me. They didn't do a good job of being there emotionally, but I still give them their credit for everything they've done for me and my siblings. To this day, they still reach out to tell me they love me and support me, but they're racist and won't try to heal um, and, and won't try to heal the relationship with my man for how they've disrespected him. They believe we should just put everything in the past, typical, mm -hmm. and move on and stop talking about it. They think we can just move on by getting together and creating good memories and that's all we got to do to make things better but that ain't cutting it for us mm -hmm. unfortunately they may never change the way they think how can i help my man feel safe that he doesn't have to worry about what my parents say or do anymore and how do i live my life with racist parents mm -mm. that'll always be painful um that always painfully love and care about you well first of all you can't help him feel safe and worry about what your parents say because that's who your parents are, unfortunately. Like, and I don't blame him for not coming around. Why would you want to be in a space where you feel disrespected because of them not even trying to get to know him? Have they ever tried to get to know him? Or is it no. just a thing where they just have blacklisted him off the bat because he's black? There's there's two things. The first thing is, and, and this is just, let me speak in totality before anyone says anything. <clears throat> I have four sons, mm -hmm. right? What well, we have four sons. We often talk about hoping our sons find someone who supports them and loves them and helps them in some way, mm -hmm. right? We also, as people, have been divided, mm -hmm. right? And these these parents have a daughter and they have their idea of what they want for their daughter. Mm -hmm. Your mom wasn't the nicest to me when I first came around. Right. That's, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. Your mom wasn't racist, but we're also both black. Mm -hmm. But here's the truth. Some people in other cultures, because of how black people are misrepresented in the media and in society, are going to fear their child or, or sons or daughters dating a black person or being with a black person because of all the ignorant things mm -hmm. that the media has presented as black culture. Yeah. Right? You have to understand that. You can't make it seem like that doesn't exist. It didn't come out of nowhere, right? yeah. But we also, as people have a responsibility to educate ourselves mm -hmm. on what is real and what is fake. Know better and do better. When your parents choose to not educate themselves on what true blackness is right. and just follow based on what they believe and use stereotypes and tropes, even if they say they're not racist, they are racist, mm -hmm. right? And as a black father, this is part of the reason why I fear my sons marrying outside of their race, mm -hmm. right? I'm just going to be honest and upfront. Mm -hmm. My issue isn't even with the the, the girl. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're white, if you're Latinx, if you're Asian or Indian. I know how black people, black men in particular, are viewed in other cultures. Mm -hmm. My fear is that your daughter may love my child with all her heart. 
but there may be somebody in your family or your friend group who do not like my son. Mm -hmm. And far too often in this country, black men and black women go on vacations and go places with groups outside of their black friends and don't come back. Mm -hmm. That is my fear. Yep. Situations like this where his blackness isn't accepted, but they try to accept it. And then you find yourself not feeling safe because you're in situations where people are saying demeaning and condescending comments. Mm -hmm. And no one should have to live like that. And when people ask me all the time, like, Deval, what do you feel about interracial relationships? It's like, I'm not anti-white, anti-Asian, anti-Indian, anti-Latinx. I fear my child won't be accepted because they're black. Right. And my fear isn't even that they won't be accepted by the person that loves them. My fear is the people that they are around. Around, exactly. And, and it could even just be that example. her parents... Her parents can eventually learn to say, you know what, I'm going to learn who this man is and love mm -hmm. him for who he is because he loves and takes care of my daughter. But then there may be the extended family exactly. that you get those comments from exactly. too as well. You know, um, I have family members who have been married into different races and one in particular, like my, my cousin's family, I should say my cousin's in-laws at one point, kind of when they first met her would like make fun of the way her name was pronounced. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you can take the time to learn other people's names, right. you need to call her by her right name. Absolutely. Don't give her a nickname. Right. Don't tell her she looks like she should be a this no, or a this that. this is my name. This is her name and you need yes. to respect her enough to call her by her name. And this wasn't his immediate parents. It was some right. uncle Someone in the else. family, you know, and, and tried to make it a joke. And, and I'm like, that's just not funny. At all. At all. At all. So yeah, um, I agree. I agree with what you said. The reason why, <laughs> my bad. Go ahead, finish, finish. No, it's fine. And I was just the reason why I wanted to give that context is because a lot of times people outside of our race mm -hmm. don't understand this. They ask questions like, "How could I make my husband feel safe?" Mm -hmm. It's going to be impossible to make him feel safe if he doesn't feel respected as a human. If he doesn't right? actually feel safe, right? No, 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 no. If he doesn't feel respected as a human, mm -hmm. he's just not going to feel safe. Because if you can't respect me as a human, you don't value my life, yeah. right? People value the life of other people that they consider to be human, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the issue with America is that they've dehumanized black people so much, so much yeah. that it's easy to watch black trauma. It's easy to watch a black man be killed in the street. It's easy to watch a black woman get killed or raped and no one says anything about it mm -hmm. because, oh, it's just a black person. Right. But if you notice when other things happen to people of other culture, you don't see it on the news cycle over and over again. It's this is too explicit to watch. Mm -hmm. But when it's black bodies, let's just keep replaying it. Right. And, and I, I keep saying this because I want people to understand why black parents fear their children dating outside of their race. This is a fear of mine, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not saying this is... I don't ever want my parent, my, my sons to ever date outside their race. This is my fear. My black son and all of his sweetness, one of them, mm -hmm. and all of his, and all of his, his greatness meets a woman outside of his race. And that woman falls in love with my son. Mm -hmm. And they're just enjoying their time and they're just, do, you know, and enjoying each other's company. And he, she invites him to some place mm -hmm. away from where we are comfortable. Right. And my son is there. And, and everybody who's watched the second Avatar can relate to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing I enjoyed about this scene in Avatar was mm -hmm. that it wasn't black and white. It mm -hmm. was two different tribes of the same alien species, but they were slightly different colors. Yeah. They were different, so the brothers took him out there into the ocean mm -hmm. and led him to a place that was dangerous, and he could have died. Yeah. 
yeah. they thought it was funny because it's like, oh, he's just a this. And mm-hmm. they let him out there to play this little game with him. Right. It happens to black people all the time. Yeah. Because because we've been devalued so much as a people, when things happen to us, other people think it's funny. And if someone loses their life or gets hurt, it's not funny to it's us. It's not funny at all. My fear is something like this happening to one of my sons. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the young lady because she is willing to terminate her relationship with her family mm-hmm. because of the way they disrespected her man. But to me, the damage has already been done. Yeah. And we've, we've dealt with this on a, a more close situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, because everyone in our friends group and family group don't agree to be on the podcast, we don't want to say names, but we've dealt with one of our friends being in a serious relationship with someone outside of our culture mm-hmm. and their family disowned them mm-hmm. and refused to even speak to or include this friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And we watched how much that hurt, not only the friend of ours, yeah. but the young lady that this, who, whose family, who they pretty much excommunicated her. And then had the nerve to turn around and be like, oh, well, just, just forget about it now. You know, just just like let's forget that that generation, the parents' that generation, generation of just forgetting about stuff and expecting yeah. every. Oh, it's been so long since that happened. Oh, that happened so many years ago. But no one wants to actually address yes the issue, so the healing process can take place to then move forward. So I I feel I feel for her. I feel for her because I know with me, for example, when you and my mom had y'all little tiff in the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a divide. Like I, of course, had to go see my parents, but also too, I knew you weren't comfortable, so I didn't force you to be in that environment and space where you didn't yeah. feel welcome. Yeah. Um. But I eventually had to put my foot down and be like, "This is my life. Like, this is going to be the person I spend the rest of right. my life with, have children with. Like, this is what I see for my future." So, as a woman, I had to be woman enough, I think, in mm-hmm. that moment to be like, "Mom and Dad, this is what it is." Yeah. You know, um, there's an added layer there for her, though, with the racial thing. But I think that she she's doing what is in the best interest of her and her relationship. Yeah. But she keeps asking, what does she do about her racist parents? Your parents, parents are adults. Yeah. yeah. They have a responsibility. If they want to be in your life and have a relationship with you, they need to educate themselves on how they can make things better. Mm-hmm. It's not on you to constantly educate them. Now, you can help in that process, but if they're not taking the initiative to learn... Mm-hmm. It's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. It's a lost cause. And I would say, you know, you and your your boyfriend at the time try to build the life you can without having that level of ignorance around you. You know, mm-hmm. and if you plan on having children, make sure that your children are aware of the ignorance that exists around them and make sure that they can be better mm-hmm. than your parents. And that becomes hard because say they do have children and then now her boyfriend who may eventually become her husband and now the father of her children. What if he decides like, yo, I don't want my children in an environment where they may not be respected or received because Because they're now half black, you know, or they may be around rhetoric that is racist. Absolutely. So then that becomes what now a identity issue for your children. Right. It becomes an an issue of just disrespect. You know, there's so many added layers once you start adding children to the picture too. So that's something I think needs to be healed and addressed even before that step is taken. Or you just say, fuck them. Because mm-hmm. if it was my kids and I, like, say this was the issue with with our families. Mm-hmm. And I loved you so much and I knew we were going to build something great. Mm-hmm. Then fuck them. Yeah. You know, like, we we have to build what's, we have to create our own family and build moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like, your parents, yes, they provided you with everything you have and they've done their job. Mm-hmm. But they also don't get to be ignorant and racist just because they provided you with a life that they gave you. Right. You didn't ask to come here. Right. They had a responsibility to provide you with the things you needed to be successful because they created you. 
They did their job and now you can move on. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there is, in, in this day and age with all the information we have, there is no excuse for ignorance. No excuse for ignorance. Mm -hmm. Protect your peace, uh, miss. Protect your peace. Protect your, your man's peace and continue to build moving forward. And if your parents don't want to get better and be better, that's on them. Leave them in the past. Period. Period. Poo. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for writing in. Listener Letters is always a great episode for us. Um, we enjoy hearing from y'all. Thank you for the love and the support. All the listener letters, I feel like in the beginning before they even start yes. their story, um, yes. always you Come know pours into us. And, yes. and we love y'all for that. And we thank you. Continue to write in. Um, we will continue to sift through. Well, we won't. Tribble will. Um, <laughs> she'll sift through and she'll um, definitely make sure we're putting in some awesome listener letters to make sure that you guys get to hear a perspective. Again, we don't profess to be professionals. We're not no. experts in anything really. No. Um, but we love that you guys feel comfortable enough with the space that we provide to not be judged, but to just kind of help you hash through some moments. So if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. It sounds good. Be sure to follow us also on Patreon uh, to see exclusive Deadass podcast video content. And you can find us on social media. On Instagram, we are Deadass the Podcast. I'm Kadeen I am on Instagram and TikTok. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank y'all. Love you. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.